You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with radio talk show host Dan Gilman, Cindy Gilman's son. So listen, participate, be inspired, know that you can discover your potential. Here is Dan Gilman. Hi, and welcome to Discover Your Potential. I have a an amazing guest. My mother usually says something that encourages or reads something, but today I just want to go right to the, I want to go right to the guest. We have very special guest, uh, Stuart Alexander here. He was born in England in 1946. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring him on and he can explain who he is. And you can also look at our, our show notes and our description and, and read about Stuart. So let me I- introduce you to Stuart. Here he is. Stuart Alexander, is such a pleasure and honor to be here. Um, you, you've got a, an amazing uh, book that I wanted to, to explain and talk to you. And, and actually, you can tell about your book to our, our wonderful audience. And, and Stuart Alexander is a physical medium. He wrote this beautiful book that I had a great chance to read. I'm going to have uh, the link down below so you can actually purchase the book through Amazon. Uh, but Stuart, please, um, if you could tell about your history a little bit and tell the audience who you are, because yes. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dan. First of all, thank you very much for having me on, for, thank you you. Know, for inviting me there for this interview. Uh, I have to say that until I was 22 years of age, I knew nothing at all about spiritualism. I wasn't remotely interested. I suppose if I ever thought about it, I would have imagined people sitting in the half-light, hands resting upon a table, asking, is there anybody there? I mean, that was the extent of my ignorance of spiritualism. Like most people who know nothing about spiritualism, that was the extent of my ignorance. Uh, And then when I was 22 years of age, uh, my brother uh, passed a book to me, uh, and he said, Stuart, he says, I'd like you to read this. And then when you've read it, let's get together and talk about it. And so I took, I looked at it and its title was On the Edge of the Etheric by, of course, Arthur Finlay. I didn't know at that time, but Arthur Finlay and his book On the Edge of the Etheric was and still is to this very day, spiritualism's all-time bestseller. Uh, and so a couple of weeks later, I picked the book up and I began to read. And I don't think I've ever read so quickly in my life. Never read a book so quick in my life. Mm. And I was absolutely astounded by <laughs> by what this man had written about. Um, and that really was the beginning. And I think to myself, had my brother not purchased that book and passed it to me, my life may have been totally different, absolutely totally different. And the fact is, the chances are that I wouldn't be sat here today being interviewed by you, Dan, you know? Um, And so everything really can be related back to when I was 22 years of age, when my brother passed to me the book On the Edge of the Etheric. Uh, Now, I don't know how much you want me to say, but I mean, I could carry on forever talking about it. I'd love to hear more, but I I think, I, I feel, and my mother has felt too, that nothing is coincidental. Things happen for a reason. Yes, I think. I think you're possibly correct. I think you're possibly correct. It certainly started me on the road that I've been on ever since, in, in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was quite some time before we began to visit the local spiritualist churches. Uh, and that, those were interesting, interesting experiences. Uh, but eventually... Um, we were invited my brother and myself to join a circle which had been running for quite a number of years we understood but two of the regular members had left they'd relocated somewhere else in the uk and the circle had two empty seats they'd seen my brother and myself at this particular church and so they invited us would you like to come along Uh, and apparently uh, the lady's husband uh, was the trance medium for the circle. We'd never ever witnessed trance mediumship. And of course, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth and we thought this will be interesting. So that's how it all began, really. 
uh, and we began to attend that circle for a short time. That's great. With 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 your work, you've helped so many people. I know, you've touched so many lives, which is which is really really fascinating. And I know, um, prior to our conversation before we started the show, we were talking about that you were you were in a documentary, but your own take on spiritualism in the media and how they depict it not so accurately Uh, but i'd love to hear more about that take too and then kind of segue into your own experience um not not only with you know with the book and the book actually talks about a lot of your experiences Yes. Uh, but I'd love to hear more about your experiences and it just, I'm really so fascinated yes. you know, by, by your journey and your path. Well, I have to say, uh, Dan, that when I first was introduced through that book on the edge of the etheric to spiritualism, I began to read extensively about the subjects. Uh, and, and in fact, I still do to this day. I have a, a massive library on uh you know, books dealing with psychical research, spiritualism, etc. Uh, I think I've probably got over 350 books, I would think, that uh-huh. I've yeah, over the years. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I have learned, and I think I learned this, well, it wasn't long after my introduction to spiritualism that I, I, I began to form this particular opinion. And that was that every series dealing with spiritualism or psychical research, either on the television or on the radio, uh, had never portrayed it in uh, an unbiased fashion. Uh, It was always clear to me that listeners who knew nothing about the subject whatsoever probably would conclude at the end of watching these series, these programs, that it was all a lot of nonsense because they always portrayed it in a bad way. Uh, You know, not in an accurate way, I have to say. And the fact is that men of great intellects, uh, academics, men of terrific social standing and women down the years through over a century had, you know, intelligently investigated mediumship uh, and, you know, and written extensively about it. But all of that was ignored. All of that has always been ignored. And it's always, these series, these programs that always show spiritualism in a bad light. And I think that's very, very sad indeed. Very sad. It's, it's, It's very sad for these men who put their reputations on the line, you know, all of those years. Um, that the reality of communication between the two worlds has never been accurately or truthfully portrayed. And I really do believe that, you know? Some people in our audience might not know what a physical medium is. Would you mind explaining to them what, what it really means to be a physical medium? Okay, okay. Well, basically, not entirely, but basically there are two kinds of mediumship. One is referred to as mental mediumship, and the other physical mediumship. Now with mental mediumship, uh, a medium is able to sense the spirit world, sometimes hear the spirit world, and sometimes see the spirit world. Seeing is referred to as clairvoyance, hearing clairaudience. So that is mental mediumship. So a mental medium will hear or see and pass messages on to a person Uh, from the other side. Physical mediumship is entirely different. With physical mediumship, the spiritual world are able to manifest in a physical manner, manifest in a physical manner. Sometimes they're able to speak in their own voices. Sometimes they are able to materialize seemingly as solid flesh and blood human beings, you know? Uh, They're able to move things around untouched sometimes. Oh, it goes on and on and on. But the manifestations within a physical seance room are indeed physical. So everyone can see the same thing, hear the same thing. Did you actually make the decision to to go into 
you know, physical mediumship uh, rather than just, you know, clairvoyance or did it just, they just came to you, this is the way they... Absolutely. What actually happened was that after attending uh, two or three circles over a period of, well, uh, a couple of years probably, yeah. um, I decided I would form, create my own home circle. And the reason for that was because by then, you know, two or three years had passed. I'd learned such a great deal about the way in which a circle should sit, you know, yeah. the conditions which are very, very necessary. Uh, and so I created my own home circle and it was made up of family, friends and our next door neighbours who themselves were very, very interested. So once a week we would all gather together and we would sit together uh, in a circle configuration you know, chairs arranged in a circle, mm -hmm. uh, and we would sit there uh, in the half light, sometimes in total darkness. I shall explain why total darkness is uh, necessary with physical uh, manifestations, but I'll do that later on. And we would yeah, sit together, and we would sit probably for an hour listening to music. Now, Believe me, Dan, not a single one of us had any thoughts whatsoever of becoming a medium. We didn't. What we did think was that perhaps the spirit world could use the combined energy of all the sitters in order to signify alert us to their presence. And so we sat there week after week after week after week after week and nothing, nothing ever happened apart from listening to this lovely music. <coughs> the highlight of those nights, I have to say, Dan, was the coffee, the tea, the biscuits, the cakes that followed the sittings. <laughs> but you know, it's it's you know, what's important here to point out is the fact that the seance room is the laboratory of the spirit world. And whilst we may think nothing is happening, we have no idea as to what the spirit world are working on in the background. That's a fact, you know. So we sat there patiently. We and also we were all friends, we were family, and we came together once a week and we sat in those con when we walked into the seance room, the room we used for the seances, closed the door, and as we closed the door, then we closed out the outside world. All of our worries, concerns, and we all have them in everyday life, they sure. didn't belong in the seance room, they were left outside. So we sat week after week after and nothing. And then the night came when everything changed. And on that night, um, I should say at the time, I was the senior design engineer for an international engineering company. Mm. And one night, uh, my brother rang me and he said, oh, Stuart, he said, we're thinking, my wife and I, Sue, his wife at the time, we're thinking of having a sitting. Do you want to come? And I said, Mike, I'd love to come. But honestly, I said, I've had such a stressful day in the office. I, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. We spoke for a while, put the phone down. And a few moments later, I found myself thinking, well, if I don't go, I know what's going to happen. He'll ring me tomorrow and he'll say, guess what? We had a breakthrough. Uh -huh. So I right. <laughs> picked the phone up, rang him. And I said, Mike, I will come. I said, do nothing till I get there. So I arrived at their home sometime later and we sat around a dining table. I was at the head of the table. My brother was sat facing me, opposite me, and my sister-in-law was sat between us. And as always, we sat there. Actually, we sat in the half-light, uh, listening to music, and something like probably 50, 55 minutes had passed. And we used to sit for an hour in those days. And my thoughts had just started to turn towards the, the cakes and the coffee that was about to follow when suddenly the most extraordinary thing happened. Suddenly, in my left ear, I heard a voice, and the voice said, switch the light out, continue to sit. Switch wow. the light out, continue to sit. And it just repeated itself like a loop on a tape again and again and again. Mm. I'm listening to this voice, and a few moments later, my brother said, well, shall we bring it to a close? I said, no. I said, just switch the light out. And without asking any questions, he reached up, turned off the light, and as he did so, the most extraordinary thing happened, which I always have great difficulty explaining. Suddenly, something, something from behind me began to move towards me, and as it did, every nerve, every muscle, every sinew in my entire body began to jump, 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 and the next wow. moment, he 
was inside of me and I was outside and I clearly saw my mouth open and these words came out, I come speak brother, sister. And no sooner was those words said than he was out and I was back in. Wow. Uh, and I have to say that short time later, my brother brought the sitting to a close. We spoke about it, but not very much, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah. But the next morning as I walked into the office, the phone was ringing. And when I picked it up, it was my brother. And he said to me, Stuart, he says, are you coming round tonight for another sitting? And my exact words, and I do apologise, but my exact words were not bloody likely because it was the first time and the only time that I would ever be nervous within the Seance room. It really did unnerve me. It really did. Yes. Well, can, and can... it all began, Dan. When when that happens to you, can you tell the spirit, I don't want you to do that? Like, do you have... I've never uh, done that. I've left everything in the hands of the spirit world. Okay. And I, I trust them prob probably more than I trust anyone on this earth. You know, I put myself totally in their hands and I know that I'm, you know, I'm in very good hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I... Are they are they higher higher spiritual beings that connect with you or because I know there's there's a difference. My mother used to tell me this that there's you know there's obviously lower beings, but then there's also you know more higher spiritual. Um, well, um, I'm thinking of that old expression. Uh, is it? By their actions, you shall know them, or by their something, you shall know them. And all I can really say to you, Dan, in all sincerity, is that having sat now for 52 years, yeah. right, uh, and the spirit world working through me for probably 48 years, wow, no single occasion have I ever felt that I was in danger of any kind because there is a team of spiritual people in the next world who have come together over a long period of time to work through me, and they all have their own responsibilities. And I, I, I probably trust them more than I trust anybody on this earth. Seriously, yeah. I do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. And to me, they're like a family. They're like family, you know? They really are. They're like family. Yeah. Wow. So do, so do you know who comes in through you? Do you, do you know? Absolutely. You do. Well, I don't, when it's happening, I mean, I'm totally unconscious, but I know who the spirit right. team are. And yeah. obviously, over the years, I've listened, listened to recordings on many occasions of them. So, wow. first of all, we have White Feather. Now, he's a North American Indian, and he was the very first one to communicate when he said, I come speak for the sister. Wow. His command of the English language was very, very limited in the early days. And what he does, he, he actually, he's always the first one to speak. Uh, and he speaks for a short time, then he steps to one side. And then we have a team of spiritual uh, people that work through me. Uh, one is a man called Walter, Walter Stinson. Now, anyone who has researched spiritualism straight away will know the name Walter Stinson. Because Walter Stinson was the principal guide uh, back in the 1920s and 30s of a medium, an American medium who was known at uh, Boston, Boston medium, who was known under the pseudonym of Marjorie. She was known as the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, she was, well, you know, uh, now Walter Stinson was her brother who sadly in his early 20s passed into spirit as a result of a, an accident on the railways. Now, I have to say that a great deal of controversy constantly surrounded the Marjorie mediumship. And indeed, since she passed over into the spirit world, now she's basically considered by the researchers, the research world, as the greatest psychic fraud in history. And that is such an injustice. It is It so angers me. It really does. Because these people who say this, you know, uh, totally ignore the the manifestations that were created through her mediumship that cannot possibly be explained away. They concentrate on the weak parts, if you like, those parts of the of the mediumship that can be explained. But 
or totally ignore those parts that cannot. So Walter apparently, um, he decided to return to work again after all of those years of, you know, his, his, his sister passed into the spirit world in the 1930s. Uh, and he decided to return to work again, and this time through my mediumship. And I think the reason for that, it didn't really surprise me, because for, what nearly 50 years, I've studied in depth the Marjorie mediumship. I've been absolutely fascinated by it, you know, in all of these years. Sure. Uh, and I've, I've been in contact with people many years ago who actually sat with Marjorie, the medium, you know. Wow. And it's just, it was such a privilege to be in contact with them. So, uh, so the fact that Walter decided that he would return to complete the task that he commenced all those years ago through his sister's mediumship didn't surprise me. And then we have a lady by the name of Frida Johnson. Uh, and Frida is solely responsible uh, for connecting, um, connecting uh, spiritual people with their loved ones, sitters, you know, people who are sitting at the seance. That's her responsibility. Walter's, incidentally, is his responsibility Responsibility is the physical manifestations. Frida, on the other hand, she concentrates upon evidential communications. And then we also have a little boy by the name of Christopher. And Christopher is an absolute delight, I have to say, um, of them all, the one spiritual communicator I love to listen to is Christopher because I, I, I can't help laughing, you know. The fact is that when people sit for the first time in a physical seance, yeah. many people don't know what to expect and many people naturally can be very nervous. But when Christopher comes through and speaks, he's always the second, Walt, uh, uh, White Feather first and then Christopher well, he's only there for a couple of minutes and he has everybody really laughing. So everybody begins to relax. And that is so, so vitally important at a physical seance. So we have Walter. And lastly, we have a doctor by the name of Barnett, Dr. Barnett, who performs healing. And we've had some extraordinary healings over the years. Oh, wow. That's the spirit team. Well, can I say, oh, first of all, can I say, first of all, Dan, that for quite a number of years uh, people were urging me to write a book you know why don't you write about your experiences and, you know I, I'm not the kind of person that wants any um, I'm not interested in, in publicity or anything like that I really am the only reason I agreed to be interviewed by yourself and other interviewers the only reason I agreed was because when the book came out um, when it was first published it was repeatedly pointed out to me that this would be an opportunity for me to speak about the book and therefore to get the message of survival and communication out into the world and let's face it at the present time we are living in a highly troubled world and what a different what how different the world would be if only people realized at long last that this life upon the earth is only the beginning that we do survive the great it would be an entirely different world we're living in so that's the reason i agreed to this interview and previous interviews to talk really about the book to get this message out into the world and so people uh, close to me had suggested many times why don't you write a book why do and eventually i thought well it's for the greater good and so I began to write the book, and in 2010, the original version was published, okay, uh, and then nine years down the road, I realised that the time had come when I really had to update it, because a great deal had happened since it was first published, so the present volume that you keep holding up, that is the revised, updated edition of the original book, uh, and I think... You know, I've taken the opportunity or tried to take the opportunity uh, to put forward uh, the what my personal journey and therefore the reality of survival and communication. You know, down the years, for over 100 years, physical mediumship, and I understand this, you know, has always had a negative press. It's always been under suspicion. 
you know, because yeah. there have been fraudulent mediums in the past. There's no question about that. There, sure. there has been fraudulent mediums. But then some genuine physical mediums, you know, they've been, um, they've been accused of being fraudulent when they were not fraudulent at all. I mean, I could tell some wonderful stories about some of the past physical mediums, you know, that were so accused. Uh, and I thought, well, love to hear. well, you know, I thought to myself, Dan, that, okay, when I'm gone from this earth, I have no doubt whatsoever that these cynics will come out the woodwork and start saying Stuart Alexander was a fraud. So I thought, well, this is my opportunity now, and I hope that my book will speak for me, will speak for me after I have departed this earth, because it is reality. Survival is reality. Communication between the two worlds is a reality, and it's so sad that for so few people know this. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this, Dan. Um, after a particular series that dealt with that dealt with spiritualism uh, and also with uh, near-death experiences, etc., etc., etc. When that was broadcast, and I was only covered for a few seconds, my mediumship, you know, a picture of my seance room, that's about it, you would not believe the number of emails that I was receiving daily from bereaved, basically from bereaved people, wanting the assurance that their loved ones had lived on and i thought you know and i was working from morning until night every day for weeks 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 trying to reassure them that their loved ones you know had indeed survived the change we call death you know yeah. and that they were very close to them they would always be only a thought away and that's yeah. how important it is i think you know the message that we must try to get across that survival is reality reality and it's that's a different dimension. sorry no i was just saying that uh there's a lot of people who don't understand and also um they they have a disbelief yes. you know because we're in a very physical world right now yeah. and just 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 the they people need to see they they need to actually see things occur in the physical world but yeah. they don't they don't it's it's like they don't understand you know yeah. and and maybe that's partly why we're here is to learn you know one obviously and and that's all part of our journey so. indeed it is indeed indeed it is but you know the cynics the skeptics of this world they will never change their position you know right. and, uh, but until but they until they transition yes <laughs> but basically like, oh yeah <laughs> but basically i think that they're speaking from a position of absolute ignorance of absolute mm -hmm. ignorance because they're dismissing you know the findings of these men that i spoke about earlier who given so many years of their life, scientists, etc., to studying, you know, psychical research, spiritualism. And these things are just pushed to one side and ignored because they can't be explained away and only ignored by the skeptics, you know? So it doesn't matter, you know, they will always, always, always be in that position, you know? Of pushing to one side and totally ignoring the positive and always to you know to to emphasize the negative and that's so sad that's yeah. so sad what do you want people to learn from you what do you want to give to people i mean you know i know you mentioned that you know this book they're gonna you're leaving your legacy in this book yes that people who read the book would do so with a completely open mind you know with an yeah. open mind and then read you know what my journey has been about, what I have experienced along the way. And I go back to what I said very early on, and that is that had my brother not passed that book to me on the edge of the etheric, the chances are that my life would have been totally different, that I might not have developed mediumship. I don't know, you know, but it's a thought, isn't it? But I just think, you know, the book will speak for me when I've gone. And there are things... 
like if I speak about the Marjorie mediumship who I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, whose brother uh, Walter Stimson worked from the spook world through her, mm. I've said many times uh, in the past, you know, that the cynics totally ignore the positives about that mediumship, totally ignore. I, I mean, things, phenomena, manifestations that cannot possibly be explained away cannot but the cynic the skeptic you know will dismiss the marjorie mediumship by totally ignoring all of that and i've no doubt that in the years to come the cynics and the skeptics will totally ignore the positives that are contained within that book i've no doubt you know yeah. uh, but if i can tell well if I, if i can perhaps you know because obviously people who watch this interview some of them won't you know bother to to purchase the book fine but it, so can i sort of explain a couple of things that i include in the book that i say the skeptics cannot possibly i would love that <laughs> push i would love that yeah. cannot yes possibly. that would be wonderful thank you okay well firstly um some years after i began to uh, develop mediumship um, I was very very fortunate I was between circles so to speak and I was very very fortunate to experience at one of the spiritualist local spiritualist churches a demonstration of mediumship by a lady called Kath Matthews and I have to say it was the most extraordinary demonstration of platform mediumship mental mediumship that i well that i have ever witnessed even up to this day one of the most extraordinary and after the service i got into conversation with her she was very interested in physical mediumship and she 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 heard that i was between circles and she said stuart she said why don't you come to my home once a week she said and i will totally black out my living room she said, I'll form a circle around you. She said, and let's see if we can possibly help to develop your mediumship further. Well, as I said earlier, Dan, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So I right. said, yes. I said, thank you very much, Kath. And so the following week, I'll say a Monday evening, I've long since forgotten what night of the week it was. I arrived at her home. Now, I should say that she lived approximately eight miles away from where I live. She lives at a different, the, the, the opposite side of the city where I live. Right. So, one, my physical mediumship began to develop very slowly, but it began to develop. And the spirit world were, were able from time to time to manifest in a physical manner, making noises within the room, uh, moving things around in the room, etc., etc. Okay. And on one occasion we sat and we had what we call a blank sitting. Nothing had happened at all. But when the light went on at the end of the sitting, sitting on the floor in front of all of the sitters was a little plastic animal. There was uh, cows, horses, sheep, all these plastic animals sat in front of all of the sitters like a gift to each of the sitters from the spirit world. But there was nothing for Kath. And I remember thinking, well, we must have all thought the same thing. Well, this is extraordinary. Here's the lady who's giving up her home once a week, totally blacking out the room uh, to help with the development of the circle, my mediumship, and the spirit world have forgotten about her. And we couldn't quite understand it. So on the one hand, everybody was thrilled by this mm. gift, these gifts from the spirit world. But on the other hand, very, very sad for Kath. But the story doesn't end there. Because the following morning, as I was coming down the stairs, my phone was ringing and I picked it up and it was Kath. And she said, I said, Kath, I said, this is early. I said, what, what's wrong? What's, I'm imagining all types of things. She said, I've got something to tell you, Stuart. I said, yeah. She said, listen, she said, you're not going to believe this. I said, well, what, Kath? Stuart, you, you won't believe what I'm going to tell you now. I said, well, tell me then, Kath. She said, well, you know, on a night time when I go to bed, she said, I always read a book 
when when i'm falling asleep i close the book and i put it on my bedside table i said yeah okay she said well she said when i woke up this morning she said Stuart, you're not going to believe me i said kath what she said well I, I can hardly believe it myself but it's true but I, yeah and she kept saying, <laughs> oh my God, what kath she said look she said sitting on the on the book was a little pink plastic pig i said you're joking she said i'm not well that pink plastic pig <laughs> she she everybody that ever visited kath's house was would be shown the pink plastic pig well somebody said to me not so long ago uh well look to what she said if i report this she said if i bring this to the attention of 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 of, of, of the public she said the first thing that cynics and skeptics are going to say is that could you could you in the middle of the night could you have gone round to Kath's house, let yourself in, and place that plastic pig on the on the top of the, the the book? I said, right. I said, okay. I said, I live eight miles away. I said, so in the middle of the night, I said, I got up, hoping that I wouldn't wake my wife up. I went down the stairs, got dressed, got in my car, drove eight miles to Kath's house, and then somehow I managed to unlock her front door walked in and then found her bedroom door opened the bedroom door hoping she wouldn't be awake and then i placed a pink plastic bit i said come on she, so she laughed she said yeah absolutely i said well there we go there is no other explanation it was a gift from the spirit world and the cynics and the skeptics can say whatever they want to dismiss that but you know <laughs> i'm not yeah. interested you know, I'm not yeah. interested, Dan. You know, so to me, that was that was an extraordinary event in my mediumship. Extraordinary. Oh, that's incredible. I, I can say so many things in my book, but unless a person has been there themselves and witnessed it personally for themselves, yes. you know, it's so important, you know, to, to, to see for themselves. I, I can remember an occasion, I, I'm going back quite a number of years now um i've been very fortunate on my journey actually to meet some wonderful people excellent people who have helped me immeasurably immeasurably in upon my journey and quite a number of years ago i met a man called alan e crossley now alan e crossley uh was uh, a man who i also had lived a charmed life because he'd sat with some of the great physical mediums who today we can only read about because they've long since been in the spirit world. But wow. to sit in Alan's presence and listen to his stories of what he personally experienced, just absolutely wonderful. Now he lived about two and a half hours by road away from where I live. But he, um, I won't go into why, how it, how it came about that I actually met him, but, uh, he actually said to me on one occasion, Stuart, he says, why don't you come over to my house uh, once every two or three weeks and I'll form a circle around you and let's see. So I've always, I've been very, very fortunate with the people that have helped me upon my mediumistic journey. So obviously sure. I thought that was absolutely wonderful to actually be there with Alan Crossley, you know, and yeah. indeed he formed a circle around an absolutely wonderful, wonderful circle. And he lived in a, a mobile home, a static caravan. You, you wow. understand what that is? Yeah. Yes. Uh, right, okay. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a static caravan site. Um, and my circle leader and I would uh, travel there once every, I think it was either two or three weeks. And we would sit. Um, and he formed this wonderful circle around me now on one occasion i can always remember this and, and i tell it in the book and i've told it many many times because it, it's so fantastic uh we arrived at his home and it was a lovely sunny day but there was quite a strong breeze we walked into his his his, his static caravan sat down and we noticed that he'd left one of the top windows open and the shade uh which was quite low when the wind blew in it hit the shade and the shade would would move forward 
and we sure. noticed that there was a vase of flowers standing on a table immediately in front of the shade and alan was busy telling us uh, one of his wonderful stories about what he'd witnessed and that when suddenly we heard the shade hit the vase of flowers and it fell off the table towards the carpet towards the floor and we saw all of these flowers and all of this water gush out and alan oh. said oh my god he said and he went got a cloth came back in went down on his hands and knees and he starts going like this on the floor and then he sits up and starts laughing and we said what he said come and feel the carpet so we felt the carpet it was totally dry totally dry wow. although we had seen that it with our own eyes all of this water gushing out and the carpet was totally dry wow five or six hours later in the seance room we're halfway through the, or getting towards the end, I don't know what it was, towards the end of the seance, when little Christopher, the communicator from the spook well, suddenly said, do you want a presence? And everybody said, oh, yes, please. And with that, there was a gush and all this water came down. Wow. Alan Crossley said, somehow the spook world had taken that water and kept it in suspension somewhere and then returned it six hours later in the seance room. So I let oh this explain that. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Dan, all of these things, these physical things, yes, interesting, yes, obviously, but you know, I've always said the most important thing, as far as yes. I'm concerned, is evidence of survival. When people sit and they can communicate with their lost loved ones, that's what it's all about and that's why i've sat now for all these many many years you know it's it's wonderful yeah. that you see lives are changed after a seance or during a seance lives are changed you know and that's what it's been all about and that's why it's worthwhile sitting all these years yes yeah. it's about touching people's lives it is you know i can always remember dan i, I hope i'm not talking too much <laughs> oh no, this is this why I, I love it. Thank you. Well, I can always remember one occasion. Now, you recall, I said that from time to time we held guest seances, uh, and these were at the home of my circle leader and his wife. And the seance room was on the first floor of his home, of their home. And you know, people who would sit as guests very often after a sitting they would say oh thank you so much my mother communicated my father communicated or whatever and I'd, I would always say and I thought how ridiculous how insipid this was I would always say well as long as you enjoyed it I mean a ridiculous thing to say but I always you know I couldn't think of anything else to say and then the night came when everything changed for me and if I can say that people would contact my circle leader and ask whether they could come along to a guest seance. And my circle leader was always very careful. He always, you know, he always had my welfare first, uppermost in mind, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he would be very, very careful as to who he would invite. People would have to be wanting to come for the correct reasons, you know, right. not just out of curiosity, but for the correct reasons. And so he would sometimes talk to them on the phone for maybe half an hour. And I'd say to him, Ray, how do you how do you know that the person's genuine and sincere? And he'd say, Well, I speak to them for half an hour or so, and then I get an inner feeling as to whether or not they're genuine. So, all oh, right, okay. Well, one particular night I arrived at his home and all the guests were there and i was introduced to them all uh one of the ladies she was very quiet very seemingly very shy uh didn't really say very much didn't really um participate in in the conversation we were all having anyhow sometime later we all went up into the seance room and the seance begun um and right towards the very end suddenly Tweed, I presume it was Tweedy Johnson who from the spirit world produces the evidential communications. She invited this lady to come and sit beside me, which, which is the usual thing when, when a loved one wants to communicate. And then uh, this lady was invited to sit beside me 
and then a communication took place. After the sitting, everyone went down the stairs, and I was always the last because I'd always have to recover. I went down the stairs, and I can see this now, Dan. As I walked into their living room, she was stood there in the doorway, just through the doorway, and she threw her arms around me and she said, Thank you for saving my life. And we learned that some months earlier she'd lost a partner very unexpectedly. She had been next to suicide. She couldn't eat. She she was in a terrible, terrible state. And apparently this was her last, her very last effort to find out if communication and survival was true. Uh, and that night changed totally changed my perspective on these sittings you know and i've never ever forgotten that never forgotten that and that's what it's all about you know that's what it's all about yes yeah absolutely one of our sitters she came to us she, she she's she was born deaf you know deaf yeah. uh, and some years ago quite some years ago now she came as a guest sitter and she was very concerned because being deaf she knows our seances usually take part, uh, take place in the pitch downers and she thought well she wouldn't be able to hear the voices etc 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 but nevertheless she came along and and that wasn't the first time she came on several occasions and the spirit world created something i don't know what to do yeah, yeah that that she says she feels as if it's like a bonnet lowered onto her head and then she can hear oh, and subsequently eventually it is and eventually we she became an honorary member of the circle and many years later she created well three books actually booklets about her experiences in our circle and just very recently, she's put the three books, she's combined them into one book, which is entitled Touching the Next Horizon. Uh, and it's a wonderful book. Uh, okay, yeah. Many years ago, back in 1990, I became the archives officer for a new society called the Noah's Ark. And it was to encourage people to begin sitting again to try to develop physical mediumship because by then physical mediumship had almost disappeared from the spiritualist movement and yet the spiritualist movement came into being uh, uh, because of physical mediumship you know but it had virtually died away so the society was formed to try to educate people uh, as to you know to support circles to sit for hoping to develop physical manifestations, physical mediumship. Mm. Uh, and I made contact with quite a number of elderly spiritualists who in years gone by had sat with these great physical mediums who today we can only read about. And at a certain point, I realised that one by one, they were leaving this earth, they were being transitioned into the spirit world, and their stories of what they witnessed were being lost. And so, therefore, I appealed through the Noah's Art Society newsletter, I appealed to these people to make contact with me uh, and uh, in the hope that they would uh, put their recollections, their memories, their accounts of what they'd experienced with these mediums onto cassette tape, make audio recordings. And many did contact me. And as a result of that, I was able to produce this uh, double CD album, which is called Physical Seance Room Recollections. Wonderful memories of physical phenomena as told by senior spiritualists. And I have to say that these stories are absolutely fascinating. But yeah. every single one of the people who contributed to this uh, are no longer on this earth. But wow. because they took the trouble to record their experiences, their voices, their stories will live on forever. Now, if anybody's interested, if anybody's interested in this, then if they go onto my website, then they'll find uh, details as to how it can be ordered. So if they just put in Stuart Alexander Medium, they'll get through to my website. Now, just to repeat what I said earlier, Dan, and I hope all of you people who view, who listen 
to this interview will take seriously what I have to say now. And that is that based upon over 50 years of intimate contacts, of experience, extending back all of those years, I can say hand on heart with 100% certainty that those who pass away are not dead. You know, they're dead to this world. Physically, they are dead to this world. But spiritually, they live on in a world the likes of which we can only imagine. A most wondrous, wondrous world. And, you know, I'd like to just say this. I can remember as a very young boy sitting at the side of my one of my grandmothers um, sitting at the side of her bed and she was next to death and she suddenly said to me Stuart she said just look at that have you ever seen anything like that look at that countryside have never seen anything like that and that to me now all these years later looking back I realized that her spiritual body was beginning to leave gradually her physical and as a result she was then able to perceive what was awaiting her what is awaiting each and every one of us when we say goodbye to this world and pass into the world of eternity and when that time comes you will be met by all of your loved ones believe me that is reality well thank you Stuart we want to thank Stuart Alexander again uh, pick up his amazing book, An Extraordinary Journey, The Memoirs of a Physical Medium. It's on Amazon.com. The link will be below and also on the podcast show notes. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Okay. Thank you. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else. Oh,